Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dr. PhD, otherwise known as Pat Haley. Uh, I am back once again for another absolutely exciting edition of uh, the Orange Line. I am joined once again by my uh, my my good friend and Flyers expert Nigel. How's it going? Um, I'm all right. I uh, I did have one thought earlier this week though um strictly kind of about philadelphia being a city that's just it's kind of disappointing i remember reading an article um a, a couple of years ago written by someone I, I graduated high school with shout out to blake but he he wrote an article basically saying that philadelphia has is kind of just a city of disappointing sports teams. You know what I mean? Sure. Because if if you take a look at it, the the Flyers seem to be that perennial team when it's like we go into a season and we're like this could be a a good year. We won't say that this is the Cup year, but you know this is a team that can absolutely make a push for the playoffs. Maybe you know get out of the first round and into the second. You know do something kind of exciting this year and. It, it kind of just doesn't work out that way. And the same kind of goes for the Eagles. I mean, as as of recording, the um, the Sixers are, I mean, the Eagles are 4-5. and five. They just lost to Dallas. And, you know, they, they're coming off of a, uh, a Super Bowl win. So everyone was thinking that this team's going to be pretty hot. Yeah, you know the the Eagles have been disappointing, and and to to touch on the the Flyers, I mean, like you said, it it, it felt early in the season that they come and make a splash pretty early, um, but it 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 was a slow start, another slow start, uh, under Hackstall, uh, which has pretty much been the story his his whole tenure. Yeah, and um, and well. You have the Phillies who are a bit of an interesting, disappointing case right now, only because they, they, they're they a team that going into the season we knew weren't going to you know, win the World Series. They probably weren't going to make it to the playoffs. They were just, you know, they're, they're in a rebuild phase. And still at the middle of the season, I, there was a point when I went, this team's looking pretty nice. This team's looking pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, watching watching that team through the first half of the season, I I was actually pretty excited to to see where they would go. Um, you know, they were in first place, you know, at mo- most of the way through the season, and then they started making trades for veterans, and and it really looked like they were gonna be able to make it back to the postseason. That was a team, however, that you know you kind of watched through the whole the whole process of the, of the second half of the season where it's like they were coached out of a playoff, uh, a, a playoff berth. It was really a situation where, you know, guys didn't look comfortable in the lineup. You know, the lineup was changing every day. You were playing guys at different positions every day. And it's like all you really had to do was just play guys in a comfortable position, play them consistently. You didn't really have to go out and get all these veterans. Uh, really, you just needed a couple, a couple, you know, pitchers in in the bullpen, and you probably would have been okay. But you know, 
you coached yourself out of out of a playoff berth where you know the Phillies are still a young team they'll 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 probably hopefully make that next step forward this year but I mean it, it looks like they're gonna have to potentially change uh, in the manager position yeah and well th- that's what I'm saying is you know at at a point in this season I was like this team's looking pretty good they could actually you know be maybe not a contender. But they could just be a team that could make a wild card spot, make it interesting in uh, the NL East, and they 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 kind of just fell apart at the end. And now we have the Sixers who have just acquired Jimmy Butler, and they're stacking up to be a really good team. And I try not to be a a pessimistic uh, Philadelphia fan, but. I I can't help but get that feeling of something might be approaching with, you know, this this whole too good to be true scenario. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to see how how Jimmy Butler played with this team, you know, yesterday. Um I was kind of disappointed when that trade went through and then Butler wasn't in the lineup, but but we'll really see their next game, you know, how they look. Uh the talk was that Jimmy Butler was a cancer in that locker room. Whether that's actually true or there was other issues that led to him wanting to leave Minnesota and Chicago before that, I mean, it, we'll, we'll really see if that remains to be true. Yeah, and and so I, I'm just kind of getting that feeling of maybe, maybe we shouldn't get our hopes up for this team. We got three big stars. We're looking like a pretty decent team that could, you know, be be trouble for the East Coast, and that could, that just kind of seems really good to me. And as as a Philly fan, I just, it just doesn't sit well. So I mean, I I don't think it should be a situation where we we shouldn't get our hopes up. I mean, I I think I think we have the right to. I think you know we trade for an All Star, we give up some good pieces, but you know, again, not the level of of a Butler. Basketball is kind of a sport where you know. You really only need a good three or four guys to win a championship, so we'll we'll see how that happens. But, I mean, realistically, I I think the Sixers should be a playoff team. You know, they they should be contending for that Eastern Conference, you know, Eastern Conference title. But whether you know you actually have that championship against Golden State, I mean, that remains to be seen. But you know, yeah. I, I I think there there's a real good chance with this team. Whether we get our hopes up too high, I mean, we still have to remember this is a young team. Ben Simmons is in his second season, and Bead's in his third. The first two, I mean, he he played maybe a full season combined. So I mean, it's it's yeah. still a young team. So I I think there's a lot to be said. You know, a lot a lot remaining to be said. You know, what this team looks like the remainder of this year, but going forward, I I think they're in a pretty good position. Absolutely. And the, the cool thing going forward with this team is that they're, they're obviously going in an upwards, you know, trajectory. They are, they're looking like all of the, uh, the changes that are going with this team are positive and that this team is just going to get better and better as the seasons go on. Um, which is an interesting thing that uh, came to mind when talking about this kind of stuff uh, and thinking of the Flyers. Because I, I just got curious in where we've really stacked up 
uh, with with Hacksaw as our coach for the past three years, and um, maybe even a bit further than that to you know get a feel of where this team was to where it is now. So I did a little bit of research and digging, and uh, a while ago on my Twitter, I, I posted a poll saying, do you think that the Flyers have improved as a team in the past six years? And oh, okay. uh, the, the, four an- the four answers I put up was yes by a, a wide margin, yes by just a little bit, no, they've kind of stayed the same and plateaued, and no, they have actually gotten worse. So before I give you what my answer is, what do you? What would you say in the past six years? So six years ago, so that would be 2012 and 2012. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we made it to the second round of the playoffs after beating Penguins in a thriller in six. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Um. From that point, um, I I would say slightly down, if not flatlined. Uh, I would I would say that's so that's, that's probably a pretty pretty good bet for for me on on where this team is right now, trending up. But with Hack, I, I don't know if you'll actually start to to climb to where this team needs to be. Right. So I'll I'll start with at least the. Uh... The, the Hackstall era, I guess we can call it, the past three years. And in the past three years, the first season that Dave Hackstall coached for this team, he earned us 94 points in the standings, which was good to get us into the first round of uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs where we lost. Uh, we lost um, to the fi- uh, Washington that year, correct? I believe so. But... Uh, the following year, we ended up getting 88 points, um, and we didn't even make it into the playoffs. Um, following that, we had actually jumped up 10 points and gotten to 98, and just barely made it into the playoffs. And I just want to keep that in mind, only because of the fact that this 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 team was good enough to get 98 points, but realistically, where the rest of the division and the rest of the Eastern Conference was, 98 points was, you know, not enough to be like, yep, this team's a sure bet to get into the playoffs. So, I mean, last year at the, at the second half, uh, I, I remember there was a, a pretty big decline toward, towards the end of the season where it's like we were looking, we were actually in first place uh, three quarters of the way through the season in in the metro, uh, if you remember, mm-hmm. and we just started playing. We started playing really bad hockey at the end of last season, which which kind of, you know, you you go limping into the playoffs and then you, you you're struggling a little bit. You know, it, it, you, you don't yeah. feel as comfortable going into the playoffs. I, I feel like the real hump in the Hackstall era. It's like you make the playoffs twice, um, which is fine, but but you have yet to win a first-round series, which I feel like that is the part that has a lot of Flyers fans a little, uh, a little, you know, annoyed. Yeah, and so I, I went into the stats of the standings and where we ended up placing, and 
for the entirety of the NHL, I believe we ended up averaging to be about a top 16 team, which means we're literally right there on the cusp of being a playoff-bound team and not being a playoff-bound team. Um, and in terms of the East Coast, for those three years, we managed to stay a consistent eighth-best team. Okay. Um, which only the only reason I point that out is for the three years, even though we made the playoffs once, didn't make the playoffs, barely made the playoffs. In all three, we've we've just been kind of behind the curve, and it's just it's making me think that in Dave Haxtell's fourth year as a coach. It's maybe something to look at in terms of improvement because that's what he was here for. You know, we we had all these young kids on this team, and uh, a lot of talent that really should have been cultivated and grown, and uh, you know, kind of just let let loose in a sense. Not not that they can do their own thing, but give them a proper system where they can flourish. Sure. And, and- I'm sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, and so we we could use this as a marker of if we're actually, if the higher-ups, I should say, are actually considering bringing him back or letting him go, I think that's a good mark to go. Around eighth place is your cap. If you are there or below it, you're gone. And if you're not actually improving this team then, you know, the, you're, you're not really serving your purpose here. No, I, I know what you mean. Um, it, it's, it's I, I feel like what, what you said about putting the players in, in a system where, you know, they, they can flourish, I, I, I feel like that's in some sense been the opposite. I feel like he's been so strict of a coach in that, that you're so tied down to a system. And then if, if, I guess, you break in a sense, you know, and, and make mistakes, it's like, as a younger player, you you aren't giving the the opportunity again to thrive w- without, you know, taking your lumps. So that, that's been something that's, yeah. that's been, you know, difficult to deal with during the Haxtell era. Absolutely. And that's why... I, I made the the mark of has this team improved over X amount of years, six years, because I, I thought it was only fair to look at the three years prior to Dave Haxtell being the coach to get a sense of is this team actually improving with him? Um, and in a way they have and in a way they haven't. Um, okay. So to go over my research, I found out that um, I believe on average, the Flyers were the 19th best team uh, between the the three years prior to Dave Haxtell, which means they've gone from 19 to 16. Uh, and I think the the numbers that I'm going through are uh, the three years before Dave Haxtell was the coach, they were 20th in the league. 13th in the league, and then 24th in the league, which is a pretty heavy drop. Okay. And considering where they were, um, 
you know, with Dave Hackstall, you can see that it is an improvement in terms of overall placings for the NHL. But when you look at where we've been placing within the Eastern Conference, oddly enough, we have still stayed a consistent number eight. So it's been stagnant. Yes, which is really what I kind of came to the conclusion to is we we've continued to be a team that can get to the playoffs, but that's as far as the Flyers have gone in the past six years. They've been there, but they haven't really been a threat, if that makes sense. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And so that's that's really why the whole idea came about is if if Dave Haxall is this coach that we're kind of banking the future of some of these kids on, then I'd just want to see some improvement. And between the three years prior and the three years with him, he has taken us from a league-wide 19 to 16, which is cool, I guess, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily help us. We've gone from a team that's like, maybe they'll make the playoffs, to they're probably going to make the playoffs, they're still probably not going to do anything. So, in a way, like, yes, that's improvement, but it's not enough to be like, we're going to keep this guy around. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely know what you mean. But it, it seems like the uh, the Flyers are almost not willing to, to make a change, kind of being complacent in a sense, uh, which mm-hmm. can be very frustrating, you know, as a... Uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's as frustrating organ- as, as a fan. And as an organization, absolutely. And so, I think... I'm sorry, it, go on. Well, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you go. I've been talking well, I mean, a lot. It, it just brings me back to the point that, uh, that we made a, a couple weeks ago in that the, uh, the Flyers kind of seem like... If, if, they, if, if Schneider was still around... Um, I, I feel like there'd be no way that either Hackstall or Hextall would still have their jobs, or, or both of them for that matter. I, f- I feel like there's there's not the the upper echelon of management saying that there needs to be a change. Yeah, I feel that. There's there's something that our our mutual friend Jack has said to me a whole bunch, is that this team has gone from kind of like a, a family uh, type of organization that was cultivated by, by Ed Snyder to being an organization that's corporate. They're, they're trying to push an agenda with Dave Haxall, and they're, they're trying to you know force a, a kind of etiquette for these flyers, and it's making the fans kind of irritated. And... If Ed Snyder was around, seeing that the fans were unhappy with everything, he would go, "All right, you're you're out. I can't have the fans being upset because this is what we're doing. N- no matter what it is that you look at it, hockey as a whole is just entertainment. Sure. And if the as fans aren't being entertained, are. yeah. If the fans aren't being entertained, then it's 
it's it's not worth doing anything in a sense. I, I, I don't know how Ed Snyder would put it, but I feel like from what he seemed like in running this organization, that seemed like his mentality. Sure, of course. And so it's it it's rough when these these teams that we're we're seeing in front of us every night are kind of just refusing to acknowledge the fact that the the fans are discontent that we aren't going to accept this level of play and we're not going to be all right with uh, how these these teams are playing? I I well, I, I, I I'm not sure how else I can put it. I I think the frustrating part is is that not not that you know they they think that we'll stand for that or not stand for that, but almost to the point where they're dismissive of our comments. I mean, I I I'd like to think that the the Philadelphia you know sports fan base is a pretty you know well educated you know, fan base when it comes to their sports and, and when, you know, the coach and the GM come out off as almost, you know, standoffish and like dismissive of like the comments that, you know, the fans have almost like, Oh, you don't know anything. It's like, you know, that, that doesn't sit well with the fan base. And, and that honestly doesn't sit well with, you know, me personally as a fan. Yeah. And that, that kind of makes me go back to, the the idea of this being a, a corporate company where it's like it doesn't matter what you think because we're still going to do this. We're making money and you know, we're we're doing what we think is best for business. No, I, I know what you mean. It it almost brings me back to a, a story of, of Ed Snyder where it's like it was one of the early seasons of of the Flyers, and and there was some new board member uh, for for the organization who invited a a Rangers fan, a higher up, you know, Rangers person, uh, into Ed Snyder's box and into the Flyers box. And it's like, you know, everything through the game goes off fine. And it's like everything's polite, but it's like after the game, Ed Snyder kind of pulls this this uh, board member aside and is like, if you ever, you know if you ever invite a Rangers fan into this box again, like you're going to be kicked off this board. Like, and that, that's just kind of the mentality and like the, the emotion and how much Ed Snyder actually did care about this team. And it's, it, like you said, it, it almost seems more corporate than, you know, the, the true desire to, to win, at least from the, the, the utmost level of, of management, you know, your board of directors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, Going off of that, it's like, well, the the Flyers seem so much more of a community than just a team. Like, we we as fans feel like this is something that we are part of. It's kind of like Green Bay in a sense, where the the fans and the the city of Green Bay owns the team, and it's not necessarily the same with us, but. To an extent, it's like this is our community, and this is something that we all love, and it kind of feels like they're going, no, 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 no. You're the fans, we're the Flyers, and they're trying to distance us. I'll almost have some sort of disconnect. I mean, yeah, like, like you always hear about, you know, 
players that used to play here, you know, in the, the 90s and the early 2000s and before then, you know, from opposing teams, it's like teams hate it coming in, into Philadelphia to play, you know, at the spectrum. And it's like with the way that, you know, the teams kind of come out and, and the the arenas died down from, from a fan base and an emotional level inside that arena, it's like teams aren't afraid to play here anymore. And, and I feel like you lose some of the Flyers, you know, atmosphere and and emotion when when it, it, it comes to that. It's like teams used to be afraid and it's like now it's it's like, oh, we're just going into Philadelphia, it'll be no problem. Yeah, it's 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 because of that community kind of feel where it's like you have to deal with the one of the toughest teams in the league where they, they all have an attitude, but you also have to deal with the the toughest fans in the league where they're going to be on top of you you know every single game and that that kind of reminds me of uh, a top 10 list that tsn did a while ago for um top 10 places that you know hockey players didn't want to play at and on the list there was the spectrum and the wachovia center which it kind of speaks not just of the the stadium that they were playing in, but of the fans that you know were you know coming into contact with this team, and sure, so of we 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 are a presence. That's why I love the quote by um, by Coetzee that you hear for a Flyers pregame all the time of when the Flyers you know come here and they play in Philadelphia, they're a whole different beast. And it's because the fans can be so electric that they can absolutely get behind the team. And right now it's hard to get behind the team when it feels like the people who are running the team don't even care about what we want. Exactly. And I, I remember hearing the quote, I, I can't remember if it was last season or early this season, but Ron Hextall said, like, you know, oh, it's the fans that, you know, every time they, they start playing uh, at home, they're just not getting behind the flyers and, you know, they're not giving it their all and yelling shoot isn't conducive to anything. It's like, well, I, I'm not going to cheer this team if they're they're playing a way that I feel is dishonest to the fans and the organization. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I mean, there and, there has and... to be some sort of accountability, and it's like the fans know when the team's not playing well. Everyone thinks that it's like, oh, you know, Philadelphia just is is against their own team, regardless of you know whatever is going on. But that that's not the case. It's like the the fans want the team to play just as well as the, they know that the team can play, and when they aren't playing that well, and you know, it, it kind of feels like the team isn't meeting expectations, you know. They're still on your side, and they still want you to win, but you know, you, you're going to be held accountable for that in a sense that it's like you know they're they're going to come at you and and be loud and aggressive, you know, if if you're not playing well. Which kind of comes back to the beginning of uh, this podcast, where I said that sometimes we go in with expectations. Like right now with the Sixers, we've got three guys that are absolutely great at playing basketball. And we're kind of going into this later, well, not later part of the season. We're still pretty fresh in. 
but we're we're going to be looking later into this season with some pretty lofty expectations of maybe we can be top four in the East, maybe top three. You know, what if we end up contending with Boston? That'd be really cool. And it's it's something that is across all four of our major sports is we have such high expectations for our teams, especially when things look pretty good on paper. Like this Flyers team on paper was looking great at the start of this season. Now they got uh, a little unlucky road with... bump with with JVR, and uh, other other than that, it's like we could have been so much better of a team. And now that I had those expectations, I'm annoyed at this team for not even coming close to them. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, and we're we're getting JVR back now, so hopefully he he can put, I mean, a spark into a team that you know has actually been pretty good over the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, they they've been five zero and one, five zero and one since uh no uh six six zero and one since that the the road trip started. So, um, hopefully they continue to play good hockey. Uh, it's zero zero right now, and hopefully you know they get a win tonight too. Yeah, we uh we are recording this during the Flyers Panthers game. They're Flyers playing Panthers. the Panthers right now, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they can keep getting the job done and finally get back to where we were kind of expecting them going in to uh this season because we know this team can do some really cool stuff. It's just we need a bit of a jump start to it. And I think there are a few cards out there that could potentially help us. One of them could be a coach. Others could be returning players. Yeah, no, 100%. So as I leave this podcast and say goodbye to all of you beautiful folks that are listening, I just want to ask you guys, what do you think is make or break for Dave Hackstall? Because now that you might have an idea of where the Flyers were before him, where they are with him, what do you think is going to mean he gets re-signed or we drop him for this season? I would love to hear that, and I would love to hear Nigel's answer or any of my other uh, friendly friends' answers uh, and potentially get them next time. All right, awesome. All right. So thank you so much once again, Nigel. Always a joy having you on the uh, podcast. Yeah, any anytime. And and uh, I will see you next time. If you would like, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. That is at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R. I assume Nigel still has nothing to plug. Nothing to plug. But he is such a great guy. So if you see him in real life, uh, give him give him a nice wave. Um, but like I said, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.